Section 33 of Essays, Book 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Malone. Essays, Book 2, by Michel de Montaigne. Translated by Charles Cotton. Of Anger. Plutarch is admirable throughout, but especially where he judges of human actions. What fine things does he say in the comparison of Lycurgus and Numa upon the subject of our great folly in abandoning children to the care and government of their fathers? The most of our civil governments, as Aristotle says, leave, after the manner of the Cyclopes, to every one the ordering of their wives and children according to their own foolish and indiscreet fancy and the lacedaemonian and cretan are almost the only governments that have committed the education of children to the laws who does not see that in a state all depends upon their nurture and bringing up and yet they are left to the mercy of parents let them be as foolish and ill-conditioned as they may, without any manner of discretion. Amongst other things, how often have I, as I have passed along our streets, had a good mind to get up a farce, to revenge the poor boys whom I have seen hided, kicked down, and miserably beaten by some father or mother, when in their fury and mad with rage you shall see them come out with fire and fury sparkling in their eyes. Rabie yacur incendente feruntur praecipites, ut saxa yugis abrupta, quibus mons subtrahitur, clivo quilatus pendente recedit. They are headlong born with burning fury, as great stones torn from the mountains, by which the steep sides are left naked and bare. Juvenal, Satires, 6, 647. And according to Hippocrates, the most dangerous maladies are they that disfigure the countenance, with a roaring and terrible voice, very often against those that are but newly come from nurse, and there they are lamed and spoiled with blows, whilst our justice takes no cognizance of it, as if these maims and dislocations were not executed upon members of our commonwealth. Gratest quod patria qui vum populoque dedisti, si facus ut patriae citadonius, utilis agris, utilis et bellor et pacis rebus agendis. It is well when to thy country and the people thou hast given a citizen, provided thou make fit for his country's service, useful to till the earth, useful in affairs of war and peace. Juvenal Satires, 1470 there is no passion that so much transports men from their right judgment as anger. No one would demur upon punishing a judge with death who should condemn a criminal on the account of his own collar. 
Why then should fathers and pedagogues be any more allowed to whip and chastise children in their anger? Tis then no longer correction, but revenge. Chastisement is instead of physic to children. And would we endure a physician who could be animated against and enraged at his patient? We ourselves, to do well, should never lay a hand upon our servants whilst our anger lasts. When the pulse beats and we feel emotion in ourselves, let us defer the business things will need appear otherwise to us when we are calm and cool. Tis passion that then commands, tis passion that speaks, and not we. Faults seen through passion appear much greater to us than they really are, as bodies do when seen through a mist. He who is hungry uses meat, but he who will make use of chastisement should have neither hunger nor thirst to it. And moreover, chastisements that are inflicted with weight and discretion are much better received and with greater benefit by him who suffers. Otherwise, he will not think himself justly condemned by a man transported with anger and fury, and will allege his master's excessive passion, his inflamed countenance, his unwanted oaths, his emotion, and precipitous rashness for his own justification. Ora tument ira, nigrescunt sanguine venae, lumina gorgonios, saevius igne micant. Their faces swell, their veins grow black with rage, and their eyes sparkle with Gorgonian fire. Ovid de Arte Amandi, 3, 503. Suetonius reports that Gaius Rabirius, having been condemned by Caesar, the thing that most prevailed upon the people, to whom he had appealed, to determine the cause in his favor, was the animosity and vehemence that Caesar had manifested in that sentence. Saying is a different thing from doing. We are to consider the sermon apart and the preacher apart. These men lent themselves to a pretty business who in our times have attempted to shake the truth of our church by the vices of her ministers. She extracts her testimony elsewhere. Tis a foolish way of arguing, and that would throw all things into confusion. A man whose morals are good may have false opinions, and a wicked man may preach the truth, even though he believe it not himself. Tis doubtless a fine harmony when doing and saying go together, and I will not deny but that saying, when the actions follow, is not of greater authority and efficiency, as Eumanidas said, hearing a philosopher talk of military affairs. These things are finally said, but he who speaks them is not to be believed, for his ears have never been used to the sound of the trumpet. And Cleomenes, hearing an orator declaiming upon valor, burst out into laughter at which the other being angry. I should, said he to him, do the same if it were a swallow that spoke of the subject, but if it were an eagle, I should willingly hear him. 
i perceive methinks in the writings of the ancients that he who speaks what he thinks strikes much more home than he who only feigns here cicero speak of the love of liberty here brutus speak of it the mere written words of this man sound as if he would purchase it at the price of his life let cicero the father of eloquence treat of the contempt of death let seneca do the same the first languishly draws it out so that you perceive he would make you resolve upon a thing on which he is not resolved himself he inspires you not with courage for he himself has none the other animates and inflames you i never read an author even of those who treat of virtue and of actions that i do not curiously inquire what kind of a man he was himself for the ephori at sparta seeing a dissolute fellow propose a wholesome advice to the people commanded him to hold his peace and entreated a virtuous man to attribute to himself the invention and to propose it plutarch's writings if well understood sufficiently bespeak their author and so that i think i know him even in his soul and yet i could wish that we had some fuller account of his life and i am thus far wandered from my subject upon the account of the obligation i have to aulus Julius, for having left us in writing this story of his manners that brings me back to my subject of anger a slave of his a vicious ill-conditioned fellow but who had the precepts of philosophy often ringing in his ears having for some offence of his been stripped by plutarch's command whilst he was being whipped muttered at first that it was without cause and that he had done nothing to deserve it but at last falling in good earnest to exclaim against and rail at his master he reproached him that he was no philosopher as he had boasted himself to be that he had often heard him say it was indecent to be angry nay had written a book to that purpose and that the causing him to be so cruelly beaten in the height of his rage totally gave the lie to all his writings to which plutarch calmly and coldly answered how ruffian said he by what dost thou judge that i am now angry does either my face my color or my voice give any manifestation of my being moved i do not think my eyes look fierce that my countenance appears troubled or that my voice is dreadful am i red do i foam does any word escape my lips i ought to repent do i start do i tremble with fury for those i tell thee are the true signs of anger and so turning to the fellow that was whipping him ply on thy work said he while this gentleman and i dispute this is his story archetus tarantinus returning from a war wherein he had been captain general found all things in his house in very great disorder and his lands quite out of tillage through the ill husbandry of his receiver and having caused him to be called to him go said he 
If I were not in anger, I would soundly drub your sides. Plato likewise, being highly offended with one of his slaves, gave Spusippus order to chastise him, excusing himself from doing it because he was in anger. And Carillus, the Lacedaemonian, to a helot, who carried himself insolently towards him, By the gods, said he, if I were not angry, I would immediately cause thee to be put to death. Tis a passion that is pleased with and flatters itself. How often, being moved under a false cause, if the person offending makes a good defense and presents us with a just excuse, are we angry against truth and innocence itself? In proof of which I remember a marvelous example of antiquity. Piso, otherwise a man of very eminent virtue, being moved against a soldier of his, for that returning alone from forage he could give him no account where he had left a companion of his, took it for granted that he had killed him, and presently condemned him to death. He was no sooner mounted upon the gibbet, but, behold, his wandering companion arrives, at which all the army were exceedingly glad, and after many embraces of the two comrades, the hangman carried both the one and the other into Piso's presence, all those present believing it would be a great pleasure even to himself. But it proved quite the contrary, for through shame and spite his fury, which was not yet cool, redoubled, and by a subtlety which his passion suddenly suggested to him, he made three criminals for having found one innocent and caused them all to be dispatched. The first soldier, because sentence had passed upon him. The second, who had lost his way because he was the cause of his companion's death. And the hangman, for not having obeyed the order which had been given him. Such as have had to do with testy and obstinate women may have experimented into what a rage it puts them to oppose silence and coldness to their fury and that a man disdains to nourish their anger. The orator Celius was wonderfully choleric by nature, and to one who supped in his company, a man of gentle and sweet conversation, and who, that he might not move him, approved and consented to all he said, he, impatient that his ill-humor should thus spend itself without aliment, for the love of the gods, deny me something, said he, that we may be two. Women, in like manner, are only angry that others may be angry again, in imitation of the laws of love. Phocion, to one who interrupted his speaking by injurious and very opprobrious words, made no other return than silence, and to give him full liberty and leisure to vent his spleen which he accordingly having done, and the storm blown over, without any mention of this disturbance, he proceeded in his discourse where he had left off before. No answer can nettle a man like such a contempt. Of the most choleric man in France, anger is always an imperfection, but more excusable in a soldier, for in that trade it cannot sometimes be avoided. I often say that he is the most patient man that I know, and the most discreet in bridling his passions, which rise in him 
with so great violence and fury. Magno veluti cum flama sonore, virgia surgeritur costi sondantes aena, exultant coias tu latices furit into sequiavis, fumidus at qualtes spumis exuberat omnis, nec iam se capit unda, volat waper ater ad auras. With a loud crackling noise, a fire of sticks is applied to the boiling cauldron's side. By the heat in frisky boils the liquor dances, within the water rages, and high the smoky fluid in foam overflows. Nor can the wave now contain itself, the black steam flies all abroad. Aeneid 7, 462 that he must of necessity cruelly constrain himself to moderate it, and for my part I know no passion which I could with so much violence to myself attempt to cover and conceal. I would not set wisdom at so high a price, and do not so much consider what a man does as how much it costs him to do no worse. Another boasted himself to me of the regularity and gentleness of his manners, which are to truth very singular, to whom I replied that it was indeed something, especially in persons of so eminent a quality as himself, upon whom every one had their eyes to present himself always well-tempered to the world, but that the principal thing was to make provision for within and for himself, and that it was not, in my opinion, very well to order his business outwardly well and to grate himself within, which I was afraid he did, in putting on and maintaining this mask and external appearance. A man incorporates anger by concealing it, as Diogenes told Demosthenes, who, for fear of being seen in a tavern, withdrew himself the more retiredly into it. The more you retire backward, the further you enter in. I would rather advise that a man should give his servant a box of the ear a little unseasonably than rack his fancy to present this grave and composed countenance, and had rather discover my passions than brood over them at my own expense. They grow less inviting and manifesting themselves, and tis much better their point should wound others without than be turned towards ourselves within. Omnia vitia in aperto leviora sunt, et tunc perniciosissima cum simulata sanitate subsidint. All vices are less dangerous when open to be seen, and then most pernicious when they lurk under a dissembled good nature. I admonish all those who have authority to be angry in my family, in the first place to manage their anger and not to lavish it upon every occasion, for that both lessens the value and hinders the effect. Rash and incessant scolding runs into custom, and renders itself despised, and what you lay out upon a servant for a theft is not felt, because it is the same he has seen you a hundred times employ against him for having ill-washed a glass, or set a stool out of place. Secondly, 
that they be not angry to no purpose, but make sure that their reprehension reach him with whom they are offended, for ordinarily they rail and bawl before he comes into their presence, and continue scolding an age after he is gone. Et se cum petulans amentia certat, and petulant madness contends with itself. Claudian, in Eutropio, 237. They attack his shadow, and drive the storm in a place where no one is either chastised or concerned, but in the clamor of their voice. I likewise in quarrels condemn those who huff and vapor without an enemy. Those rhodomontades should be reserved to discharge upon the offending party. Mugitus, veluti cum primen proilia taurus, terrificos quiet, at quirasci in corno attentat, arboris obnixus trunco ventusque lacessit ectibus, et sparsad pugnum proludit arena. As when a bull, to usher in the fight, makes dreadful bellowings, and whets his horns against the trunk of a tree. With blows he beats the air, and rehearses the fight by scattering the sand. Aeneid 12, 103 When I am angry, my anger is very sharp, but withal very short, and as private as I can. I lose myself indeed in promptness and violence, but not in trouble so that I throw out all sorts of injurious words at random and without choice, and never consider pertinently to dart my language where I think it will deepest wound, for I commonly make use of no other weapon than my tongue. My servants have a better bargain of me in great occasions than in little. The little ones surprise me, and the misfortune is that when you are once upon the precipice, "'Tis no matter who gave you the push, you always go to the bottom. "'The fall urges, moves, and makes haste of itself. "'In great occasions this satisfies me that they are so "'just every one expects a reasonable indignation, "'and then I glorify myself in deceiving their expectation. "'Against these I fortify and prepare myself. "'They disturb my head and threaten to transport me very far should I follow them. I can easily contain myself from entering into one of these passions, and am strong enough, when I expect them, to repel their violence, be the cause never so great. But if a passion once prepossesses and sees me, it carries me away, be the cause never so small. I bargain thus with those who may contend with me when you see me moved first. Let me alone, right or wrong. I'll do the same for you. The storm is only begot by a concurrence of angers, which easily spring from one another, and are not born together. Let every one have his own way, and we shall always be at peace. A profitable advice, but hard to execute. Sometimes also it falls out that I put on a seeming anger for the better governing of my house, without any real emotion. As age renders my humors more sharp, I study to oppose them, and will, if I can, 
order it so that for the future I may be so much the less peevish and hard to please, as I have more excuse and inclination to be so, although I have heretofore been reckoned amongst those who have the greatest patience. A word more to conclude this argument. Aristotle says that anger sometimes serves for arms to virtue and valor. That is probable. Nevertheless, they who contradict him pleasantly answer that tis a weapon of novel use, for we move all other arms. This moves us. Our hand guides it not. Tis it that guides our hand. It holds us. We hold not it. End of section 33. Reading by Malone.